1: Hello there, and welcome to this week's episode of An Irishman Running Abroad with me, Jarlath Regan in London, and Irish athletics legend, Sonia O'Sullivan in America. Each and every week, Sonia dispenses the wisdom that earned her world championship titles, world records and Hall of Fame status. And the idea here has always been to help people who would like to run, run, those that are just starting their running journey to progress and those that are well-seasoned campaigners to have a few laughs along the way. You can join our online running club at strava.com forward slash clubs forward slash Irishman running abroad if you'd like to join the community. Or if you want to get even more from these episodes, there's a further 30 minutes of content, full illustrated notes and exclusive content on patreon.com forward slash Irishman abroad. Well, it's less than seven days since the killing of Aisling Murphy in Tullamore County Offaly, a young woman and teacher out for a run as part of her New Year's resolution on a popular running path by the canal. And honestly, I feel like I've spent the past week shaking my head, kind of unable to find the words for how awful this whole thing is. I passed the news on to you, Sonia, last Wednesday evening when I got it from a club member and you recognised right away exactly how public this particular path was and that you yourself had run on it.
0: Yeah, I think I suppose that was the most shocking thing to me, you know, was the fact that it was just a normal place and I'd been there. And I think when you've been somewhere or you know somebody, then You automatically you have this connection that you kind of want to know more and you're kind of thinking, you know, how can this have happened? And yeah, no, I can it was the Bolin's Lock that really kind of grabbed my attention because a friend of mine actually owns Bolin's Lock and I stayed there, which is the lock house right on the canal. And so I've been there for a few days, uh, way back in 2010 uh, when Sophie was running actually at the the junior championships in Tullamore. And um, so, yeah, I would have run up and down that canal and, you know, left Sophie sleeping in the house. Yeah. When I went out for my run, things like that. You know, you feel like it's a, a safe place. Like, we, I suppose it's just a, it's an Irish thing, isn't it? You know, we're familiar with places and you you are in, you know, deep shock when something, you know, that you, you know, probably normally associate with something you might watch on TV or, Listen to a podcast, or you know it's just something that doesn't seem real, but yet it is real and and you have to face up to it and realize that you know things like this are happening in places that we never thought they
1: would, yeah, and the facing up is the is the term right there's an awful lot of reckoning going on, particularly I feel like I said this to Marion McCon on Thursday that. The only people that are really surprised by violence against women are men. A lot of the time that anyone that's expressed surprise is men. But this this is shocking. And uh, I really want to send our condolences to Aisling's family, to her friends, to her little students like it kind of I went to the vigil in London here. And, you know, there's a palpable loss of words and Sometimes in these moments, the the people who care so much about it kind of get angry in all directions. Uh, we, of course, had done an episode specifically about women's safety when running directly after the tragic killing of Sarah Everard here in London. And you had explained to me at that time that you were maybe a little cocooned from the fear that most women have when out and about or running.
0: Um yeah, I suppose I've always been like that where you just feel you feel like you're I don't know what the word is, but you just you just feel like um stronger when you're running. You feel bigger, you feel taller, you feel more powerful. And I mean I always feel like that way, even though I'm running really slow these days. I couldn't I wouldn't be able to run away from much. Mm. But um you still feel that that's your power and that's your strength. And so when something like this happens, I think the the reason you have such a emotional reaction like you experienced in London at the Irish Centre and, you know, I've seen it throughout the country. I've seen it with, you know, my own club in Cove. You know, everybody wants to reach out. Everybody wants to help, to support because they feel like, you know, it could have been any one of them because it's such a, you know, unpredicted, unprovoked thing that happened that you kind of feel like this could have been anywhere. It could have been anyone.
1: In- including you. Like, that was the thing that you said to me was like, you never thought that this could happen in public on a road that you've run. Because as you said, it's so, somewhere else. But that thought did, did occur to you of how, have I put myself at risk at times and not even realised it?
0: Yeah, well, I mean, I'm sure I have plenty of times down through the year's run in, you know, a lot less safe places. But, you know, at times when, you know, the run was more important than anything else that I didn't even think about it. And I think as time has gone by, I think we do think about things more, we're a bit more aware. But we're aware when we're in these what we consider unsafe places and there's still places that we consider safe and, you know, that we wouldn't think twice about going for a run. And I'm sure, you know, Ashling, there's no way she talked twice about going for a run. You know, it's part of your day, it's part of your life. And, you know, the worst case scenario is something that you just don't think about. But now I think we've all been reminded of it so that when you are out there on your run, and I do run a lot by myself, And in, you know, strange places and places that, you know, I've never been before. So I don't know if it's a safe place or not. But, you know, I mean, I suppose last week when I was out running, you're more aware of the people that you meet along the way. And I think one thing that I noticed last week, particularly, you know, even Wednesday, probably before you even told me I was out for a run close by here. It was a single track, zigzag loop. And um, I bumped into a lot of, there was a few mountain bikers out there, there was a few people out there. Everybody was really friendly. And I don't know, they just seemed like they were all happy to be out there. And, you know, I was out there running by myself. You know, you're out there in your singlet and shorts, not wearing very much. Mm. <laughs> and, um, you know, I come up the top of this mountain over some rocks, and there's a fellow up there on a mountain bike, and he goes, Oh, he goes, You're very fit. <laughs> you know, because I was able to run up this mountain. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, it's just this kind of friendly greeting, and you don't think twice about it. And you just feel that most people out there are encouraging, they're friendly, and they're as happy to be out there as you are. It's just you get these randoms every now and then that, you know, they're, they're just not happy with people
1: out enjoying their life. Yeah, I mean, Carl Dennehy, friend of the show, who obviously was on talking about his trip to Kenya recently, tweeted this um, statistics from Runners World magazine about how common harassment is for women. Have you yourself been catcalled or experienced any kind of harassment over the years?
0: I think not any time recently, no. I, I mean, I really can't remember any time really not not when i've been by myself Mm. um no nothing that i could you know recall or say but but then again like i say maybe there's times when it may have happened but i've been immune to it because i don't care you know i not
1: yeah and you're not tuned into that yeah
0: i'm not tuned tuned into the negativity of people out there that i can just as easily block things out and you know, nowadays, you probably miss a lot of things if you're going around with headphones in your ears, which I suppose that's another thing that, you know, you do have this happen occasionally, you'd be out for a run and you might be so engrossed in whatever you're listening to that you're off in your own little world and you could be out in the middle of nowhere. Mm-hmm. And then somebody comes around the corner and, you know, you get this kind of shock and a fright. <laughs> and, you know, it's it's only created by the surprise of you thought you were out here all by yourself. And then somebody comes around in front of you, but then you're you're both shocked by it. You know, you shock each other, that kind of a thing, I think.
1: Sure. But I kind of think that, uh, you know, as, in as much as you describe your position of privilege being that, you know, you're as strong a runner as you are uh, that, you know, you associate being out there with strength and being big and uh, able to outrun anybody Men have had to kind of come to terms with the privilege that we have in that it doesn't cross our mind about going out for a run, about the potential of, you know, harassment or assault. And I think that that's some of the reckoning that's going on this week. A lot of the club members had put that even in their posts, just the gratitude that you feel to be that way, to have that in your life, that that isn't a concern. But equally, Sonia, It must be a cause of concern for you, like it is for me, for those that were perhaps considering taking up running, even though running isn't at the centre of this and it's not about running, it's about violence against women, that there are those now that are turned off it and think, no, I'm not going to risk it.
0: Yeah, I think, you know, we need to, I suppose, support all runners, all people and those people run, people use running, you know, it's an escape a lot of the time. And um, people, they run, they run to get away from things. So you don't want to have that compromise all of a sudden. I mm. think I have no escape now. I can't even go for a run. And the thing is, at this time of the year, a lot of people are forced, men and women, forced to go for a run in the evening time. And I saw somewhere, I don't know, was it? If if it was in our club or it was somewhere and there was some man who, you know, put his hand up and in a local area and he, he volunteered, you know, I run at this time, you know, most days, if there's any women out there who need company, you know, send me a message. Mm-hmm. And, you know, that could be taken the wrong way, Yeah, <laughs> or, yeah. you know, as well, you know, you kind of think <laughs> and, and I'm sure this man means well. But you can imagine there's people out there saying, but I don't even know him."
1: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but
0: the thing is,
1: you it know, comes from we a good have place. to be
0: when when someone does put the hand up and say something like this, you have to kind of think they mean well, and mm. you know they're there to support, and that's kind of putting up the good side of men in that you know we're we're all in this together, and we're here to help and support each other, and you know make sure that something like this never happens again, N- not any close to home, you know, I mean, I'm sure it goes on a lot around the world, Mm. but I think when it's really close to home, it just kind of, I don't know, it makes you think a bit more. And yeah, it does, the scenarios that go through your mind when you're out for a run all of a sudden, they're kind of highlighted a little bit more when you come across
1: people. Yeah. And I really think that, you know, that that guy maybe didn't word it great in terms of does anybody want some company on their, their run? But I did, it did cross my mind about you know, that you have a responsibility. We kind of ha- found it hard in that Sarah Everard episode to kind of examine, well, what can men do as runners to make women feel safer as runners? And that sometimes, you know, you could be guilty of frightening a female runner alone on a road by trying to do what you feel is right. And that sometimes space, distance and lack of eye contact is the best method. But I do believe that there is a responsibility incumbent on all male runners to just be way more conscious of how intimidating your presence may be just by its very presence alone to commemorate and honour the memory of Ashling. You, Sonia, have chosen to do something very special with mile four of the Cove ten, I understand.
0: Well yeah, it was actually in our Cove ten mile WhatsApp group, Heather Sillit came with a message and suggested, you know, would we nominate a mile in the race in memory of Ashling and to, you know, have it there as, you know, forever you know and to maybe do something special around that mile so they're in the process of working on that and you know also uh, I think we've nominated mile four which is at the top of a hill out the back of Ballymore and um, just past the church so it's a very kind of iconic location and um, we will you know have that marked, especially for Ashling, so that everybody who passes it will think about Ashling, and that she won't be forgotten. And you know, it's something that I think will be, she'll be in the hearts of runners all around the country for for a long time. And um, you know, we we just want to you know, I suppose, acknowledge it in Cove, and then also you know to make the connection with the the athletes and you know any clubs that she was involved with in Tullamore to let them know that, you know, as a, as a club, you know, we, we're there to, you know, to, I suppose, lend support and to, you know, I suppose, just pass on. I, I don't know. If, there's no words really yeah. what you can say.
1: Well, to mark and like acknowledge this, and commemorate, I think it's a really classy thing that you've done there. And like you say, I think everybody's been sparing some thought for her what she went through, what her family is going through on their runs. Like, I I do think that as much as we've talked about the meditative qualities of running itself, everyone I know has had Ashling in their thoughts on their most recent run. I also want to give a big shout out to hersport.ie, who have scheduled a race in her honour on March 6th and a full campaign in conjunction with Women's Aid Ireland. All the proceeds from the run will go to their work in supporting victims of gender violence. And as they put it, there is a bigger thing at play here, that regardless of the time of day, standing, walking or running, no woman should feel unsafe on the streets of Ireland. And I, for one, definitely will be taking parts on you. I assume you will be there on March 6th, taking part remotely around the world.
0: Yes, I will be somewhere. I'm not sure where. It's right around, um, I think, International Women's Day is on March the 8th. So Very you know, it falls into line with a lot of events that will be going on to celebrate women. And, um, yeah, I mean, I often get involved in events at this time. So, yeah, wherever I am, it's Sunday, the 6th of March, um, I will join in. And, um, you know, if I have to um, set something up myself,
1: I'll be there, too. So. Our next segment is Around the Parishes, where we get to do a weekly roundup of what our club members have been running all over the world. And we have a few far flung runs that uh, people have been doing over the weekend. Lots of them dedicated to Aisling Murphy, as I said. Uh, First of all, Aoife McKiernan in Greystones did a beautiful long run out there in memory of Ashling, I thought that was that was fantastic to see so many people doing it. I also wanted to give a shout out to our first ever club member in Kuwait, of all places, Sonia. I didn't even know we had someone. Al-Ashma Kuwait is where this fella ran. Dara Meredith, big shout out to you, Dara, and thank you for tuning in and supporting the show as all, always. Did you pick anyone out yourself there, Sonia?
0: I have a couple here, yeah. I have um, Peter Allen in Bristol, and um, I was attracted by his title of his run, was called Runch. And I what's that? I don't know, maybe he was running during lunchtime or something. While eating. <laughs> <But> yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So there was no there was no explanation. Uh, he went out there and he ran uh, nearly seven kilometres, so it might be an even number in miles somewhere. And... Um, at a decent pace and then also Reggie White was on one of my favourite runs down at Coolbeg, out to the south wall 8 kilometres out there and again it's one of those iconic maps you know where the the line just runs right out into the sea.
1: Yeah Reggie of Um, Reggie's Pizzas. Reggie is a great man for the pizzas big shout out to (laughs) Reggie's Pizzas check him out on Instagram. (laughs) Reggie came to that run that we did in (laughs) Dublin and uh, yeah he he definitely uh, puts in the miles every week
0: but I also had, it was funny, I had a comment last week. Someone, I didn't know if they were serious or what. <laughs> they said, Sonia, they said, what have you got against the other two continents? And I thought, I didn't. I still don't know what they're on about, but um, I don't know, have we, have we any runners in South America or Africa? That's the only thing I can... Oh, here I'm we go. I got this, one for you literally. right now.
1: I have one right now. Jantastic. <gasps> I don't know if you're aware of the Jantastic voyage that's taking place. But Jantastic is heading out to Kenya to train out there and she logged her first run in uh, Gyo Marukwet in uh, Kenya 4.20pm the other day finally arrived an awful lot of uh, connection flights involved and uh, she's out there on those familiar red dirt paths and she logged uh, an impressive 10k at a 5.10 pace and when I considered exactly what elevation this was taking place at. I was amazed that she kept her heart rate to 148 BPM. But I think it would be great if our members followed Jan and gave her a bit of support during this. She's under Tastic on Strava. The group itself over there on Strava, Sonia, I don't know about you, but particularly in these difficult weeks, has just been amazing every step of the way, supporting each other, getting behind each other. And Jan Tastic has been a member who's been logging crazy miles for an awful long time. And I want to specifically wish her the best of luck with her uh, journey out there in Kenya.
0: Yeah, she's from County Kildare. I found her now, so I'll uh, I'll follow her and see how she's getting on.
1: Very good. Okay. <laughs> Well, uh, your own parish, Sonia, out there, I don't know what the what the municipal district is uh, that you're in, In what is it, San San Luis Obispo. <laughs> Are you still there? Well,
0: it's funny. Yeah, it's funny you say that because the kind of acronym, as they say, for this place is slow, SLO, S-L-O, <laughs> which I kind of... Have a problem with because I kind of I, I never I try not to say it too much because it just doesn't sound right that we're here running fast
1: in <laughs> slow in a
0: place that's known as slow. But the <laughs> airport is SVP, so maybe we'll just go with that. Um, yes, yeah, San Luis Obispo. I'm actually at Avila Beach, which is lovely down by the coast. And yeah, the most part of the team was away in Texas this past weekend for um, an indoor track meet down there at the Texas A&M University. Um, it's a university where Donovan Brazier, one of our athletes, he actually went to college there. So mm. we tried to, you know, maintain the links with where people are from and where they went in America. You know, where you're from can also mean where you went to college. A lot of athletes would have a big connection with their alumni, as they say here. So, yeah, the team went down there and, you know, it wasn't the most competitive of races, but we were able to go down and put yourself into a race environment and manage the races. So the girls did really well, over 3,000 metres, and they all helped each other out. We had a couple of girls who, um, Sinclair Johnson and um, Alexa Eframson who didn't finish the 3,000 metres, but they were there to help with the pacing, to ensure that Constance kloster coco Jessica Hull, Ella Donoghue, and um, Shannon Oseek, <laughs> um, were you know that they went out and they all ran the person best. jess was able to uh, run a national record for australia and um coco and ella they three of them qualified the time for the world indoors which takes place in um serbia actually in march uh, there's a slight worry for jess there that uh, you know the australians may not be too welcome in serbia
1: <laughs> True um, <enough>. so, <laughs>
0: I've already warned Nick that not to be wearing his Australian jersey or jacket around the town. <laughs> he better go. I better get him an Irish track suit. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah. Like it was incredible running, really, for their first outing. I uh, couldn't watch it, of course. I was just kind of keeping up with whatever I could find that Jess posted. Uh, uh, and yeah, it's just brilliant to see Union actually out there as a club. And f- who was it that it was kind of her first professional meet?
0: That would probably be Ella Donoghue. Uh, she ran for Stanford University last year. And, um, yeah, she's the, joined the Union Athletic Club this year. She's been training with us since oh, way back in September. And, um, yeah, it's, it's amazing the time has gone by so quickly. I think she was, she was planning to run a race earlier in the year, but she was unwell. So, yeah, to get out there, run her first indoor race, run a personal vest i think a good six seconds and to run a time that gets her to qualifying time for the world indoors which means now she still has to go to the u.s trials because here you know they it's first two across the mm. line but at least she's got the knowledge that she's got the time so if she finishes in top two then she will automatically get to go
1: now one thing i did notice and people will already know that i'm uh, I don't know what you'd say. remember <laughs> A comedian friend of mine used to say that Doreen Allen is a real whore for the butter. <laughs> I'm a whore for the, the training gear and the running gear. And I noticed that the girls were all out there in, the, in their Nike kit. But there was no Union Athletic Club gear yet. Is that in the works? Because as we both know, the Irishman running abroad kit is very much in the works at this point.
0: Yes, there's a lot of talk about the the kit and the gear and uh, it is coming and there definitely will be uniforms for uh, people to buy. We'll we'll have a shop online and you'll be able to buy all sorts of stuff. We're hoping to have some kind of temporary gear over the next two weeks for when we go to Milrose Games in New York and then for the US Trials and any races that um, Jessica and um, Charlie Hunter who are both Australian they may do in Europe so yeah we'll be going out there with some little symbol over the coming weeks Very good. and then eventually yeah it'll be in in the works for everybody to, to get on board and get some gear and support us
1: uh, yeah and in the meantime as I said our Irishman running abroad singlet is uh, in development at the moment. Sonia and I are uh, with a pencil behind our ear working away on different drafts and uh, it's really coming together. Definitely got our biggest step in the right direction today and the hope is to be able to debut the 2022 Irishman Running Abroad singlet at the attempt to break 20. On February twenty sixth in Lee Valley Velo Park, where it's all booked in, you can you can join me as I attempt to break twenty by going to runthrough.co.uk, and it's in their events page, Lee Valley Velo Park, February twenty sixth, which is now five weeks, four days, seventeen hours, and twenty one minutes away. (laughs) (laughs) No pressure, Jar. Last week, we just get a little chat about this because. Last week was a big week uh, in this journey, this eight week challenge that I've set myself and Sonia has set me to run under 20 minutes for 5K. It was a big week in so many ways, because I guess we're second week into it. You're settling into the idea that, right, here's what we're doing. Here's how we're doing it. You upped the ante a little bit. And so did I. In terms of what you asked me to do for the people that are on board and trying to do it themselves, what was underpinning the plan that you gave me for last week?
0: So the theory was to do like when you do interval work, you can often, you know, think you're going along fine when you're running fast times over short distance. But as soon as you start to get up there running kilometers at the pace that you're going, you know, you're you're putting yourself out there for a longer amount of time. Mm. So it's just to get used to running fast for a longer period of time. So for at least three minutes. So you're out there running for Around four minutes, I think, for the one kilometre efforts. Now, there was you had some issue with your watch, did you?
1: No, last week. <laughs> you say that, but uh, I, so basically, we did the track session on Tuesday. I thought that went really well, even though it was absolutely milling rain. Like it was as poor conditions as you could ask for. It was the I said the way I described it was the most west of Ireland day that England has ever seen, and that was you know pretty standard kind of interval session right and the thing that you're talking about is the saturday where or was a friday where you asked me to go down and do kind of 10 minutes at threshold pace and i yeah i think i missed one of them that's what happened so i hit pause on the watch for some reason and then it forgot to unpause it so i wound up doing a little bit extra that Strava and the world will never know about, which is, anyone listening to this will know, absolutely gutting when you're out there (laughs) and you realise, oh, feck, (laughs) Strava doesn't know about that last K. Now my next one's going to look terrible. But honestly, I, I loved it. I felt like I was going too fast at times. Is that a is that a problem there that, like, have I have I screwed up if you say to me, run a threshold pace for 10 minutes and then after four minutes, I realize I'm running way faster than threshold pace? Is that is that a screw up?
0: It looks like it's too fast, but I'm wondering is the pace on your watch because you're using the Apple watch, aren't you? Yes. Running around down there. Yeah. Now. Sometimes I think that your watch is reading a bit too fast. Like so when it says because <laughs> you when you run a kilometer <laughs> when you're running a kilometer down there you're running two and a half laps, right? Yes. Regardless.
1: Yes. Yeah.
0: But when you but when you run ten minutes on the track, you're not always paying attention to the when you hit a kilometer or whatever. And you often find on Strava it kind of comes up with its own little, you know, pace per kilometer.
1: Hmm, I haven't found that. Now, I do. I do know that people don't rate the Apple Watch that way and that they do think that it can be a little bit willy nilly with its with its precision. But I was watching it because I obviously went to the track specifically so that I'd know exactly when 800 had passed and when 1000 right. meters had passed. That's why I went to the track to do it. And it was dead on. Like it was bang. There's mm-hmm. your there's your K. And you know, when you say "I don't know," is your watch fast? It makes me think of. <laughs> <laughs> makes me think of uh, Tina because I said to uh, Tina last week that. Uh, to mark the kidney anniversary, I'm going to get these super shoes. Get my vapor flies for the first time, and I'll order them and have them done up. Now, listen to this story, Sonia. I said to her, "I'm going to have them done up, and you way you can put your little name or number along the side of the shoe." I said I was going to get 19.59.99 written on the inside of the shoe, so that I could, you know, these are the that's the barrier. Anything below that, we've done it. And Tina said to me, oh, I don't know if I'd be doing that. What if you don't do it and you have to look at that number (laughs) for the rest of the time? And I was like, well, what a vote of confidence that is (laughs) actually advised against it. She, of course, walked it back and said, no, look, of course, I think you're going to do it. You're a great lad. (laughs) But she, out of concern, she was like, don't ruin a perfectly good pair of runners by putting a time on it that you might never reach. I I don't know if this whole project of Breaking 20 is proving (laughs) how mentally stable you need to be to be a runner. But I'm definitely finding, Sonia, that a lot of What you have me doing and having a target on the horizon like that is teaching me is you need to be able to picture this happening. And I felt like on week one, I could not picture this happening. That is like this is never going to happen. But I plowed on nonetheless. Like you said, running for the extended period of time at the required speed definitely made me believe potentially this could happen how much of it am i right here how much of it is going to come down to you believing more than anything
0: oh you have to you have to believe you know that what you're trying to do is possible so that every time and you don't think about this every day you don't think about this on every run that you go on but when you get to do those specific sessions
1: mm.
0: then you can really zone in on it and you try and break it down and realize that, yeah, I can go at this pace. I can go at this pace, you know, for a fraction of the race, and then I can repeat it, and I can repeat it again. And that's the thing is you have to keep practicing, you know, the the pace that you're going to eventually be running at. Not all the time, but sometimes. Mm. And then you do all the other training around it that kind of builds up your endurance. And so you know you can go fast enough, but then you have to have the endurance and the aerobic capacity behind you to be able to go that fast for five kilometers in a row with no stops. Mm. So it's kind of a contradictory thing in that you kind of think that you should, you would have to practice the whole thing before you go and do it, but you really don't. You just need to have enough running done, have enough running done at the required pace, and then to have the belief that you can put it all together and do it on the day. Yeah, and wear the fast and wear the fast shoes.
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, after the break, for an I mean, extra
0: bonus, <laughs>
1: yeah. For after the break, we are going to delve a little bit more into, like Sonia says, the extra work around this. Now, I know that last week's episode was all about speed, but I think that talking about change is probably w- what we need to talk about here because. Uh, My concern and a lot of people's concern when attempting to run faster than they normally run is making those changes and making too much of a change too quickly. After the break, Sonia's going to hopefully talk to us a little bit about how to read the change, dial it back or push it forward, how to know what your body is telling you, and what your times more specifically are telling you. I also have some questions on drills, specifically speed drills, drills that can help you just get those uh, hips a little bit stronger, get the glutes a little bit stronger. And some of these wacky drills that you see on Instagram, if you have the same algorithm as me, Instagram throws up a few really wild drills. I want you to get Sonia's opinion on what these Instagram experts have to say and whether we should believe them at all. That's all to come after the break on patreon.com forward slash irishmanabroad become a supporter of our show receive illustrated notes from every episode and of course 30 minutes of extra exclusive patreon content every single week brian connolly's on sound tina and mikey make it all possible and i should say sonia we will talk about what dr Allen said about switching to a plant-based diet on sunday i'd love to get your thoughts on that too
0: One of the keys to like maintaining your brain mass is pushing past that comfortable zone
1: physically, you know, exercise-wise. Imagine you know, a world where everybody could go out the door and engage in the kind of exercise that's going to make them more relaxed, more healthy, burn off stress.